You're listening to 1001 Album Club, where each episode we discuss a different album from Robert Demery's book, 1001 Albums You Must Hear Before You Die. This episode, we'll be talking about Elvis Costello, this year's model. On the line, I have Rob, Ooh. Ben, hey, John, Hi. and Kyle. This year's model is Elvis Costello's second album and his first with the attractions, released in 1978 for the Radar label. The producer was Nick Lowe, and the genre is new wave, power pop, and punk rock. And I'm going to read from All Music Review, Stephen Thomas Irwine. Where My Aim Is True implied punk rock with its lyrics and stripped-down production, this year's model sounds like punk. Not that Elvis Costello's songwriting has changed. This year's model is comprised largely of leftover of My Aim Is True and songs written on the road. It's the music that changed. Uh, After releasing My Aim Is True, Costello assembled a backing band called The Attractions, which were considerably tougher and wilder than Clover who played on his debut. The Attractions were a rock and roll band, which gives this year's model a reckless, careening feel. It's nervous, amphetamine-fueled, nearly paranoid music. The group sounds like they've been spinning out of control as soon as they crash in on the brief opener, no action, and they never get completely back on track. Even on the slower numbers, Costello and the Attractions speed through this year's model at a blinding pace, which leaves his songs, which were already meaner than the set on uh, My Aim Is True, A Nastier Edge. Lipstick Vogue, Pump It Up, and I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea are all underscored with sexual menace, while Night Rally touches on bizarre fascination with fascism that would blossom on his next album, Armed Forces. Even the songs that sound relatively lighthearted, Hand in Hand, Little Triggers, Lip Service, Living in Paradise are all edgy thanks to Costello's breathless vocals. Steve... Uh, Nisi's carnivalesque organ riffs and Nick Lowe's barebone production. Of course, the songs on this year's model are typical, catchy, and help the vicious sentiments sink into your skin. But the most remarkable thing about the album is the sound. Costello and the Attractions never rock this hard or this vengefully ever again. All right, what do we think of Elvis Costello, this year's model? This masterpiece album made me an Elvis Costello fan. I agree. Yes. Yeah. So good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The, 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 the sonic difference between uh, my aim is true and this year's model with the attractions. It's like night and day. Uh, I agree. This is the band that he was trying to get. I agree. Yeah. I, I actually got the first album first and I thought this is a really good album. <laughs> but boy, when you get when I decided to buy the second album i was like oh geez that first album has been on the shelf for 
years. <laughs> I mean, I, I break it out every once in a while, but this is the album I put on all the time. This is the one I pull yeah. out. Uh, the first song, No Action, is just amazing. It's a fucking Immaculate. jam, dude. So much energy, the harmonies. like Yeah. And it gets me. The drumming gets me every time on the ride on the 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 cymbal. Every single time it gets me. God. Dude, Pete Thomas, the drummer, he is an animal. He like his idols or like uh was it Mitch Mitchell of like the Jimi Hendrix experience. Mm-hmm. And so he he's like bringing that type of energy into it. And man, Elvis Costello uses Pete Thomas, even on his albums without the attractions. I think Pete Thomas is just like his drummer until further notice. Yeah, he, he he's fantastic. And man, while we're on the topic of Pete Thomas and playing drums, Lipstick Vogue, man. Ooh, yeah. 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 The drums and bass on Lipstick Vogue are sick. I mean, all the players on this album are really good. Like we've got in our cans right now, the beat and the organist, like he's just got those little like trills that he throws in on this. And it's just like, Nice and bouncy. Like, I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm going to start next to the beat. Like, it's a solid song. <laughs> yeah, it's so snappy. Like, that bass is so sharp. Uh, <laughs> the, the organist for this band, since you mentioned him, uh, his, his, it's a, his name's Steve. His last name is a stage name given, him, given to him by Ian Dury. It's spelled N-I-V-E, but it's pronounced naive. He's, he's Steve Naive. <laughs> 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 on, his, on their first tour like uh on the first tour like with ian drury i'm sure it was like a stiff records bundle uh apparently uh steve the new organ player asked what a groupie was and ian drury just started calling him steve naive (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious into this record like uh i mean based on when we talked about the last record i knew that the uh the attractions were on this one nick lowe was coming back to produce band was gonna sound better just from what i knew about this record but everybody's just smoking night and fucking day man night and fucking day night and day and i and the production's like a lot better i mean i i can't believe it's the same guy i don't know if it's because the musicianship but uh it's amazing it's the money and they had more time for sure okay i mean they had they they literally had no time on that original album they're recording in what elvis costello you know described as like a phone booth so i think Mm -hmm. i think that just getting the studio time in a better band definitely i mean god this is just every song on here is like a pop gem and when when we're talking about the the attractions being a better band than clover uh like at least i'm i'm not talking about musicianship because clover were pros you know it's huey lewis in the news basically uh at least like many of the members of but it's just they they weren't the right band for Elvis Costello. They don't have that aggression. They don't have the edge or the energy. Like they'd been a band since like, like the mid sixties, they were California country rockers. And the fact that they put out an album as good as my aim is true, I think is, is, is great. But yeah, the, the attractions are the punk backing band that Elvis needed. I, I, I go back to the, like that Elvis Costello wanted to re-record uh, the first record with this band. And I, I still am sad that that never happened. Like what I read was they did record it, but he didn't, they didn't release it. So oh, there might really? still be a day. There mm. might still be a day. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Uh, I listened to I a 1978 uh, live. Uh, have you guys heard that one? No, I haven't. Nope. 
don't believe I don't so. have the name of it in front of me. It was on Apple Music, but uh, yeah, I don't know if it was released in '78. But there's a '78 live record um, that has a lot of these songs on it, and a lot of the songs from the uh, with you know with this band. It smokes. How many like childhood sports movies did I hear pump it up in before I even knew who Elvis Costello was? <laughs> right, that's amazing. Yeah, I just thought they're framed like, bam, 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 like, yeah, yeah. I I completely forgot that. Oh my gosh, I completely forgot. I'm sure it's in the Big Green. I'm sure it's in Little Giants. I'm sure it's in Mighty Ducks. Is this Mighty Ducks? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> What do you guys think about you know, the song? It's the, it's the montage when they're starting to get better. <laughs> what are you saying, Kyle? Little Triggers. What do you guys think about that song? I loved it. Great. I thought it was a great song. I got another star next to that one. So of the songs that I've heard off this album, because honestly, I, I haven't listened to that much Elvis Costello. I'd heard uh, This Year's Girl and Pump It Up before, but I'd never heard Little Triggers and a bunch of the other ones. And uh, I thought Little Triggers was really good. It's a really like interesting song about being pulled to someone who doesn't really act like they'd want you, you know? Yeah. I, I read that it was inspired by a line from a George Eliot novel, uh, middle March. Hmm. Have you guys ever read that book or mm-hmm. not? Um, Cause there's a line in the book and, and this is from little triggers. Our tongues are little triggers, which have usually been pulled before uh, general intentions can be brought to bear, which is, I don't know. I, it's a great line, and I, I just love how he extrapolated that into the lyrics on this song are, are on this album are dark, guys. They're really yeah. dark. Yeah, they're they're um, quite vicious. They're this quite... girl in particular has come under some criticism uh, in years of late. Oh yeah. Th- though, I, I, I it always hit my ears as like a sat like a satirical take. Which one? This year's girl or yeah, where? yeah. This I, year's girl. I find it. I find it very strange. Um, of course, we have like five men speaking about, you know. <laughs> so anyway, but I always thought that was a strange uh, element when I read that as well, because I feel like this year's girl is representing how an industry chews up uh, women and presents them a certain way and then just disposes of them. Uh, in, in intending for the male gaze came to me as a as a sort of a uh, an element of this is what it means to be forced into an industry that will then d- dispose of you for male attraction for people to gaze upon you uh and you're just this year's girl next year we'll have another girl which seems to be a very i mean it's a biting satire of an industry and pointing fingers saying, you know, there are predators within the, these industries and not, I don't feel like it's blaming uh, the victim in that, in that song, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't I feel so either. It's also a nice segue into its usage is the opening theme for season two of the deuce. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised that there was a backlash to this year's girl because um, lyrically I'm bringing it back to lyrically, but if you couple it with, um, the lyrics for the song, uh, the Chelsea song. I don't want to go to Chelsea. Yeah, which is not on the uh, American version, apparently. It's not, but they swapped it out for Radio Radio. So yeah. I don't know who gets the better deal. I really like I don't want to go to Chelsea. <laughs> That's... Yeah, it's almost like ska. It's it's, it's, it's a really interesting <laughs> opener. Well, not opener, but second song on side two. 
Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorites. Um, No, I think. I don't know. It's strange that he was accused of that because he seems like a pretty bad about Elvis Costello at this point. There's a lot to learn that's bad, actually. You know, don't don't go looking. uh, (laughs) Well, there's a lot of things that he's 200 cigarettes where Martha Plimpton finds his glasses after the party (laughs) on New Year's Eve. he, he comes around and fixes a lot of the things he's done wrong, I think, but he's done something. I do remember that, that Kyle. Wrong, so. I'd forgotten about that. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Elvis Costello is definitely not a, a perfect person, but he seems to, seems to want to be better than he is. Mm-hmm. That's admirable. Uh, I did want to, yeah, I did want to mention th- that sort of, a uh, clicky clack guitar that comes off on a, I don't want to go to Chelsea was really cool. I love that sort of a, yeah, you were saying rock steady element. Um, he said he borrowed it. He doesn't know exactly where he got inspired for it, but um, probably off of old rock steady record by the pioneers um, or some of those other reggae ska Trojan bands. Um, but yeah, it, it has a great baseline. I think the other thing about this is, the mix of his vocals, it, it's aggressive. This is an aggressive record mix. Everything yeah. is uh, a bit up in your face uh, and forceful. So it feels more, it probably feels more like a punk rock record than it does, uh, than it actually would indicate by the actual style of it because it's a mixed high. It has those aggressive sort of guitar uh, interjections and everything. I don't want to go to Chelsea. Was that on the gross point blank soundtrack? Probably. I have to ask my sister. Good soundtrack. Yeah, gross point blank had like mostly original ska and reggae songs, but I'll I'll check. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's excellent. Pretty sure that's where I heard it uh, the first time. Um, yeah, fucking cool. Uh, That's a great soundtrack. (laughs) I. Honestly, like I, I got stars next to every one of these songs, guys. There's nothing. Yeah. Oh no, I don't. No, I don't. No, I don't. Um, Living in Paradise were the only two that I was kind of like, eh. I thought that Living in Paradise was nice and bloopy. <laughs> lip service <laughs> has a really nice chorus. The chorus of lip service also got me, Kyle. Uh, it was, I think, the last song for me to put a star by, and I never did put a star by Living in Paradise, Rob. That's yeah. If you, I mean, but one out of <laughs> an entire record no, I, is no, pretty it, amazing. It, it, it's it's buried in the right place. If it's if it's not, <laughs> oh for sure. And, and you know, sh- uh, sh- shrugging my shoulders is not a uh, is not poo pooing. Yeah. It's just like yeah, it's sur- like there's so much great shit on this record that you yeah. know, just sur- surrounded by better songs. I'm so happy Man. you guys talked about lip service because. I, you know, re-listening this record every so often, I find, you know, new things, new songs that I kind of go back to. And that was definitely one this time that I was like, 
that's a really good song. I just, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's really late in the record and it, it, you know, it could be a single. That makes me happy, bro. That's cool. Um, so that 78, uh, live record I was talking about, it's called live at El Mocambo. And, uh, it was from a 1978 Canadian radio broadcast, but, uh, it's got a lot of this record. It's really quality. I suggest you guys check it out. If you guys want to hear live versions of these songs, is the band tight good quality. Yeah, they fucking smoke. (laughs) (laughs) Man, do we want to talk about the cover of this album? Oh, yeah, yeah, let's. So do you know the story behind the cover? I think I want you to tell it. So Ben has the American version, but I think it's probably the same photo shoot. So the photographer photo shoot, it's just a different a different shot. So the, the album is obviously this year's model. So the presentation is Elvis Costello as the photographer, you know, you behind the camera and you're his subject. Um, and so what they did was Elvis Costello had the exact same model and setup of a camera as the person taking the photo for the photo shoot. And so Elvis would sometimes like mimic what the other photographer was doing. But in order to get into the mindset and the mood that he wanted for his um, facial expressions and body po- posture, he, he Elvis Costello asked the photographer and the the studio assistants like, oh, you guys have any music here? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, we've got all sorts of music, you know, helps people loosen up. Like, what, what do you want to hear? And he's like, do you guys have Hotel California? And they're like, you want to hear Hotel California? He's like, yeah, I need something that's going to make me look mad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I read that same story. And uh, I also read that like decade years later in like an interview with Howard Stern, Elvis Costello, because that story was, was by the photographer. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, and Elvis said that he's like, Elvis said he didn't remember happening that way because according to Elvis, Hotel California was not out yet, but the five of us know that it absolutely was. <laughs> I think he was just trying to be diplomatic on Howard Stern, which is the wrong venue. <laughs> I I find that uh, co- cover really interesting too, because I have two copies of it um, and each of them has a CMYK gradient along the oh, edge. Oh, dude, dude. And, Birch, you've got a first edition. And I always thought that was a mistake, uh, which I I later learned I think it, it is that the it was offset on the on the printing. But I have yeah. Uh, it, that was intentional. The the sleeve was designed by Barney Bubbles, who is, oh did uh, it okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he was a big uh, 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 sleeve designer for the punk scene. And he, if you look up, if you look up Barney Bubbles, like, uh, like art and design, you'll see like a lot of stuff that you recognize a lo- most of the stiff record stuff. Uh, but yet he was always like wanting to do like, like, like intentional accidental Easter egg stuff like that, especially for first editions. So for the first edition, the British first edition of this year's model. Yeah. It's got the CMYK test strip on the right side and on the left side, the E of Elvis and the T of this year's model are cut off. Yeah. So it, it, it's like Elvis Costello, his year's model. And then there's something like, it's like scratched into the, the wax. There's something, I, I forget her name, but of someone that worked at Stax rec or not Moira. Stax, Moira at, uh, man, I said Stax and now I can't think of what's the word I'm trying to think of. Not Stax Radar? records. 
Stiff. We've been talking about stiff. 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 Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, it says like contact Moira for your free prize, and uh, and she she'd send you something. And then on the the actual label of the disc, it's a Columbia disc. Uh, uh, this is for the American one. If you have a first edition, instead of Columbia, Columbia, Columbia around the outside, it says Costello, Costello, Costello in the Columbia font. Yeah, that's so awesome. Yeah. Man, speaking of the uh, U.S. version versus the U.K. version, I don't want to go to Chelsea. Such a killer track, but it does close out with Radio Radio, which I think as an album closer, I don't know. I, I don't know which version I would rather have. I'd probably rather have the British version because it's just the first version and it's cool to have the first version in the original format. But the American version, it's a nice consolation prize to have Radio Radio on there as an album closer. That's such a hot track. It's truly a Sophie's choice. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, uh, Radio Radio, I, I've known that song for like 20 years, but uh, the Chelsea song is just... did want to mention too this is we're now getting into music videos there was a music video for pump it up and i don't want to go to chelsea uh that it seems like we haven't really with the exception of maybe abba um and some of the other earlier quote-unquote like music videos i mean there's no mtv yet so we're starting to get into more of a commercial selling uh, their music through music videos. It's a very bare bones video with him just dancing on his, the sides of his feet um, to pump it in up. Yeah. Band. It was the fashion of the time where they're just performing it in front of like a white screen. Yeah. But in uh, both of those videos were shot in the same day, same day without really resetting anything. The only difference is the drummers wearing a different shirt. And <laughs> <laughs> pump it up. He's wearing like a, like a, like a mod suit, like jacket like jacket and shirt. And then in, I don't want to go to Chelsea. He's wearing like a, like a union Jack shirt, but also notable for those videos, uh, the, uh, bass player, Bruce Thomas had recently badly cut his hand on a broken bottle. His, his picking hand. So in both of those videos, if you look at the bass player, his, he, his hand is all bandaged up like, like a mummy's mitten. Like he can't possibly be playing. He just like, kind of like <laughs> pantomiming around his base with like this balloon hand. <laughs> Man, yeah, what a good we, record. A good album. We, are, we already talked about Elvis Costello getting kicked off of Saturday Night Live forever yeah. because of Radio Radio, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we did that, I think, during our okay. My Aim is True. Yep. But yeah, man, what a cool moment in television. Hell yeah. Okay, so here's a question. 
for the British market, does the song Radio Radio exist on an album that's not a greatest hits? Uh, I believe it was a single. But yeah, it was a single. Yeah. All right. And I guess the same thing could be said for the American market. I know the first time I heard I Don't Want to Go to Chelsea was when I got the greatest hits of Elvis Costello and the Attractions. And then uh, it's not on this album. So, yeah, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You can only was... have one or the other. No market can have all of the hits. It's true. It's a damn shame. Uh, I got one more thing to add. Sure. Uh, I recant my mitt on lip service. It's a really good song. So <laughs> Thank gonna you. put a little 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 start. I mean, sometimes you get yeah, sometimes you get a little little dazed by how good everything else is as well. Like it's it's all so good that it's hard to to pick out which is the best. <laughs> now we got to yeah, really listen good. to this. So there you go. The past week. Yeah, I'll Is continue. I'll continue to put this. This is usual. Usually I'll pull this one out and then I'll decide if I want to do another Elvis Costello record. It's definitely the first one that comes to my mind. Just like when cool. I when I go to the Stones, it's um, Exile on Main Street. And I'm like, do I want to listen to that or do I want to like dive a little bit deeper? Do I want a second? You want to put on something girls. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Often. Yeah. Some yeah. girls. No, I'm absolutely. I, I'm not Birch, saying that those Birch, other ones what is aren't your... good, but but this is the one so I pull. We're out. getting four more Elvis Costello records, right? We're getting a lot. Yeah, I want to ask a, a question. Sure, Birch, what, what's your <laughs> second favorite Elvis Costello record? Uh, man, it might be Armed Forces. That's up next, right? Okay, not like next, next, but uh, that's the next Elvis Costello we're getting. It is. Yes. Yeah. I like the early Elvis Costello. Um, obviously, with the attractions, is is it's pretty uh, pretty great. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm super happy that I uh, had to listen to this album several times. I love the record. Thanks for letting me talk on your podcast, dudes. Yeah. <laughs> this album has made me so happy. This week has made me so happy. It's it was a really great week for listening to music. Yeah, this the book is yeah. delivered. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Next week's gonna be good too. I have a feeling. All right. I don't think we need to go around. Everybody's on the positive mm-hmm. on this one. Am I correct? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. All the positive. See, this is easy. We're getting more into uh albums that uh seem to be uh aren't terrible. Like most, if not all of us, have a, a, a back history in 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 punking rock, and we are now into the genre where we all cut our teeth. Yeah, exactly. You know, we we that. like this shit, well, and we will continue to like this shit. <laughs> That's good. All right, next time we'll be talking about the jam, all mod cons. All right, thanks, y'all. <laughs> Switch bro.
So you had better do what you were told You better listen to 